This is the Ty Butler Show on 98.7 ESPN. Yankees right now in action in the Bronx looking to stop the Twins. Can't contain them. You can only, you know, hope to keep them in check. Yankees up right now 4-1. to one. Got runners on first and second in the bottom of the seventh inning. And Anthony Rizzo, who homered earlier in the game, solo shot in the third inning, comes up to bat right now. Yankees looking to get on the board in the series. They dropped the first two games. Twins came in hot. They've now 10-4 and four on the season. So we can see if the Yankees can find a way to get it done. Mets in action at 4 o'clock. Meanwhile, over in Philly, mentioned the NBA playoffs. You got the Sixers with a 15-point lead at home in Game 1 over the Nets. Mikel Bridges continues to, to be sensational. Had a 23-point a first half. He's been held in check so far in the second half. He's up to 25. But the Nets, uh, right now, they're going to need a miracle to pull this one out. Keep you posted on that game. The full slate, Hawks-Celtics at 3.30. Mention the Knicks-Cavs. That's on ESPN, and you can listen right here on 98.7 ESPN beginning at 5.30. Tip-off for 6 o'clock tonight. Warriors-Kings caps off the four-cap. Uh, the four-pack, I should say, on ABC. Uh, but, of course, you know where we're starting. 800-919-3776. I should mention Justin Termini, Sirius XM NBA Radio, is going to join us in about 90 minutes to talk NBA playoffs. We are starting... With the New York Knicks, because for the first time in two years, it feels like it's been longer. But the Knicks, back in the playoffs, the five seed in the Eastern Conference, had an over-under to start the year at 37.5 wins. Flew past that, got to 47 wins. Jalen Brunson, you could argue one of the biggest free agent signings, what, of the last decade, last two decades, Julius Randle. Headed uh, to an All-NBA team, probably should be on that third All-NBA team. Tom Thibodeau getting some consideration for Coach of the Year. Mike Brown's going to win that award, but Thibodeau definitely should get some love. This Nick Bench, look at quickly. And Grimes, who's now a starter, but the the, the ascension he's had this year, topping, uh, of course, in the absence of Julius Randle, and we'll hear more about that injury update in a moment from Woj. Uh, he emerged late in the season, so there's a lot to be excited about if you're a Nick fan. Hit us up, 800-919-3776. Ty D. Butler on Twitter and Instagram. And it's the series that, for the last couple of months, we've been dreaming about because the, the storylines write themselves. Donovan Mitchell, a player who should be wearing a Nick uniform he is playing in Cleveland with an opportunity to knock the Knicks out of the playoffs. So we keep hearing about the motivation and what this series means for a bunch of guys. And we'll start with R.J. Barrett because I heard the morning show, DPH and Rothenberg, discussing who's like the third most important player for the Knicks when we look at this series. Because we know if Julius Randle is healthy, uh, he's, at, at worst case scenario, the second most important player. I would argue the most important player. But it's, it's Jalen Brunson and Julius Randle. Those are going to be the guys you look at and say they have to set the tone. Brunson probably had a, a, a real strong case to be an all-star. And I made this point with Alan Hahn a couple of weeks ago when I was on with him on, on the Barton Hahn vehicle. Brunson really was a victim of just circumstance this year. You watch him and you think you're watching an all-NBA player, but the league is just so loaded at that guard spot. Devin Booker, who's had an amazing season, is probably not going to make it. But Brunson, uh, what a phenomenal year he had for the Knicks. Julius Randle, 
giving you 25, 10, and 4. One of four guys in the league to do so, along with Giannis and beating Jokic. But outside of those two, you're going to need someone else to step up. You're going to need someone else to help carry the load because the Cavs don't let the Knicks hanging 130 on them that two Fridays ago fool you. That's the number one defense in basketball. And you give them a week to prepare prepare for this group. J.B. Brickerstaff, what an awesome job he's done with this with this team. You give them a week to prepare, and then over the course of the next you know seven to ten days, watching this team playing the same exact team, the Knicks are going to come uh, with a, a bit of a nuanced offense. So we're looking at who that third most important guy is, and R.J. Barrett is the name that has to emerge because when you come into the season, you're thinking you're you're finally going to see him become an all-star, and disappointingly enough, that did not materialize. But this is a, a, a tremendous series, a, a tremendous opportunity for him because if he plays great and the Knicks advance, people would be willing to have that selective amnesia and forget just how disappointing of a season he had because this was a guy you expected a lot from. You gave him that big contract extension, And not just that, but you didn't include him in a potential trade for Donovan Mitchell. And and, and look, it's a storyline that's dominated the last couple of weeks. It's going to continue to be prevalent. You didn't include him in the package for Donovan Mitchell. And we could look back at that being a a huge mistake. So this is a a good opportunity for RJ to come in here and, and really, you know, have some pride. Because the Knicks had... So much confidence in you. They didn't give you up for, for a perennial all-star. A guy who I, I listened to Zach Lowe's podcast said he's going to have Donovan Mitchell as his fifth MVP. Oh, he's going to have him fifth on his MVP ballot. So a Mitchell, career season, perennial all-star, all-NBA player, going to get some MVP love. R.J. Barrett which was just too good to include him in a package for him. That's not aging well. So here, here's his here's his chance to say, okay, I know what the regular season was. I'm going to show you that in the biggest moments, on the biggest stage, I can be effective. I can dominate and help my team get to the second round. That's what's at stake for him, and it's a big opportunity. We would be willing to forget just how disappointing that season was that we just saw. Don't give me the, oh, he almost averaged 20 points. We watched R.J. Barrett disappoint repeatedly this season. But it almost, you go the other way, feels like we would get to the point of no return if he struggles and the Knicks are knocked out. By the way, quick update on the Yankees. Stanton just drove in two runs on a, a missile that he hit to left field. Looked like it might get out the park. Had a bat flip. But it did stay in play. So the Yankees now 6-1 over the Twins. Came up a little gingerly going into second base. So we'll have to monitor that. We know he's no stranger to being hurt. But the Yankees right now looking to right the wrongs of what happened last night when Clay Holmes came into the game and just spoiled what could have been a big moment. More on the Yankees later. Uh, But as far as the Knicks are concerned, R.J. Barrett, here's your chance. Here is your opportunity to shut guys like me up because I I keep saying got to trade him. He's not one of the 55 best players in basketball, and that contract extension hasn't even kicked in yet where he's going to get paid $100 million. So here's your opportunity to shut guys like me up, shut up the naysayers, and if the Knicks are to win this series, you really do have to 
look at him being a key cog. Quentin Grimes deserves so much credit. He came into to this season. We didn't know what to expect from him. 3 and D guy was what he emerged as, but he became much more than that. Now he's attacking the basket. He's got some creativity. He's finishing at the rim. And then late in games, you feel great about him shooting because he's, he's such a clutch player. He brings energy, and you would expect to see him get a lot of that, that matchup on Donovan Mitchell to try to slow him down because he's going to have his hands full. But Quentin Grimes, in my estimation, as far as the perimeter defense, gives the Knicks the best chance uh, to try his best to slow him down. Emmanuel, quickly, I, I've come full circle on him because I did, for a large part of the season, think that Malcolm Brogdon was deserve, deserving of the sixth man of the year, but quickly, I think, stole that from him. You look at significant injuries to both Brunson and Randall this year, and Randall only missing five games, but five pivotal games. You, you saw Miami and, and Brooklyn climbing the ladder with an opportunity to steal that five seed from the Knicks. So th- those were five pivotal games that Randall missed, and all year long, we saw quickly just continue to develop. Not just a 3 and D guy, but hitting threes, he's going to the basket. He he he's he's watched. You can tell he's watched a lot of Jalen Brunson tape. He's watched a lot of Chris Paul tape and James Harden tape. He he is leveraging defenders, getting to the rim, having guys put themselves into precarious situations where you got to foul him, and then he goes to the free throw line and he's hitting it at a high clip. So what he's done for this Nick team, offensively and defensively. Wanted to give him credit as well. And then Tom Thibodeau, what a remarkable job. This this was a guy who was so disrespected by the fan base, calling for him to be fired. Are you kidding me? Tom Thibodeau to be fired with what he's done with this group. So I wanted to start off by showing some love. This is a series that is highly entertaining, as I mentioned, because of the storylines. But we should see excellent basketball play. These are two really good teams, and I'm looking forward to it getting all started. 800-919-3776. By the way, I mentioned Julius Randle. Here was Adrian Wojnarowski talking to Mike Greenberg on NBA Countdown, giving the latest on Julius Randle, who yesterday we heard would be a game-time decision. Julius Randle has been targeting a return from this left ankle sprain. It's kept, kept him out the final five games of the regular season. He's been targeting game one and today. To do that, I'm told he'll test out that ankle pregame, but there's a lot of optimism that Julius Randle will be back in the lineup for the Knicks. 25 points, 10 rebounds, 4 assists this, this season. An all-star for the second time with the Knicks. They'll need him against a very talented Cleveland group. Yes, and that's the point. He just hit it on the na- the, the nose, on the, the nail on the head. They're going to need him against a, a very talented team. I think somehow locally the Cavs have become a, a, a wee bit underrated in, in how we discuss them here on the station. And, and fans just get a little bit too giddy about the Knicks' success with Randall sideline with the ankle injury. I heard someone calling in, I forget what show it was yesterday, but called into a show and, and pretty much was were surmising that it might be in a Knicks' best interest to sit Randall for game one, try to steal one, and then see how you look on the other way. This guy is, is important. Start putting respect on his name. It's like you get something... 
that you didn't expect from based on what we saw last year. There was no expectation Julius Randle was going to have this type of season, have this type of impact. And I know sometimes he annoys you with the body language, and we saw him get into it with quickly and the technical fouls. I get it. There is some baggage there. There are some flaws. We don't love him in crunch time. The turnovers and the spinning, there are certainly things that annoy you about his game and how he carries himself. But the idea that we don't need him to win this series is so patently false. Let's remember what he was this year in All-Star 25-10-4. And Bede Giannis Jokic were the only guys giving you that production. He was the best player. Is he the most important player? I can certainly make an argument for it. I know Jalen Brunson because of what he does as a distributor, the energy he brings, and the leadership aspect. And especially in crunch time, you trust him more. But let's not get it twisted. Julius Randle's important. If the Knicks don't get apex Julius Randle in this series, I think they're drawing dead. So we hope to see him out there. And, and any news I get on him, I will pass it along to you. At 800-919-3776. Ty D. Butler on Twitter and Instagram. Coming up, so I just gave the Knicks a bunch of love. Coming up, going to tell you why I'm picking the Cavs to win this series in five games. That's right, Cavs in five. And I'm going to explain why. Up next, right here on 9870 ESPN. This is the Ty Butler Show on 98.7 ESPN. Back-to-back 80-degree weather days here in New York City. Ty Butler going until 5.30, leading you into game one of the Knicks and the Cavs from Cleveland. Exciting series ahead. Quick update on what's happening in Philadelphia. The Nets are getting destroyed. Competitive in the first half. uh, Had a nine-point deficit at halftime. Mikael Bridges has blossomed into... Uh, I guess we're going to have to question, like, what is he? Is he closer to being the guy who, for his career, was at 13 points per game? Or now, four months uh, uh, worth of evidence of him being a a, a tremendous, maybe borderline all-star, who's averaging 26 points per game with the Nets? He's been great. 28 tonight, but the Sixers are winning the math game. uh, 23s. On four, 20 of 43s from behind the arc. That's the difference in the game right now. They're up 18. They've hit 23s. The Nets have hit 12. And Embiid, and, you know, he's going to win the MVP. Sensational so far. 24, 5, and 3. And living at the free throw line. That's going to be the key for the Nets in this series. Like they're sending a lot of double teams at him in the first half. And he's making the right play, getting it to his shooters. And as I mentioned, they're, they're, they're winning the, the three-point battle. But guarding him one-on-one, you got it's easier said than done, but you got to keep him off the free-throw line. That's where he lives. Scoring champion, back-to-back seasons, quick note on Embiid, pretty cool. He could become, if the Sixers are to uh, win a championship here, which I don't expect because I'm not high on them at all, but if he does, Embiid... Uh, could become the the, la- uh, the the first scoring champ to win a title in the same season uh, as Shaq did with my Los Angeles Lakers in 2000. So the Nets getting destroyed right now. I picked the Sixers to win this series in five games. I think Brooklyn will get one at home. But Philly is just too talented. And all of a sudden, P.J. Tucker's hitting those corner threes again. Harden, we know what his playoff resume is. 
he had three straight threes in the second quarter that ending that first half that pretty much gave Philly the momentum because the Nets had climbed back into it. Bridges had hit a couple threes, and they were inching closer to you know possibly tying the game or taking the lead, and, and Harden kind of went off. But it, it, this is just going to be that they're they're outmatched. And if you're a Net fan, I do wonder how you feel about this because you are a team that has has now made the playoffs. You're you're rooting for a team that's made the playoffs five years in a row. But this one is uh, this one is different than the last four because the first one was the young team with D'Angelo Russell, Jared Allen, and it was cute. It was adorable, right? No real expectations. And that was about becoming more attractive to free agents, which you did. You signed KD Kyrie, and now you're in championship contention mode. And that has been a race because you get here, and it's like, what do you expect? Are you happy that there's just no more drama? Or do you think about what could have been? Because this should still be a team with Durant, with Irvin, and maybe Harden contender for championships. So I just wonder if you're a Net fan, how you feel about this. But 110-94, six is going to take a one-game Lead in this series. Coming up next, you got the Hawks and Celtics. That should not be competitive. Then we got the Knicks and the Cavs. Uh, a series I'm picking Cleveland to win in five games. And, you know, people are, are coming at me on Twitter, at Ty D. Butler and Instagram as well. Troll, how do you think that if somehow, like, it, if they're bringing the Lakers into it, as it's that those two things have anything uh, to, do with any, uh, to do with each other? Cleveland enters this series at four of the six best players, including the best player. Like, if everyone reaches the level they are supposed to be at, the Cavs have the best player in Donovan Mitchell. And he is a game changer. He's a series changer. We've seen him put up 50 uh, in playoff games. Remember that bubble series against the Nuggets where they lost? But we we saw him average 36 points a game in a seven-game series, and he has been incredible. So if he is as good as we know he can be, that is advantage Cleveland. They've got home court in the series, along with Garland, Jared Allen, and and Mobley being, as I mentioned, four of that top six because Jalen Brunson and Randall are in there. But with Mitchell, Mobley, Jared Allen, and uh, Darius Garland, they've got four of the best six players in the series. Evan Mobley is becoming one of the best young players, going to get some consideration for Defensive Player of the Year. And I, I just think that, that the combination of, of Allen and Mobley can give the Knicks some trouble in the painted area. I know Mitchell Robinson can be an eraser, and and he is a, an X factor if he stays out of foul trouble. And obviously, if he's, he's able to stay on the court because he does have an injury history. But him being someone who can keep possessions alive, offensive rebounding, defensive rebounding, and, and stopping the penetration from Garland and Mitchell, that can— tilt things in the Knicks' favor, but Cleveland is just one of three teams right now with the top 10 defense and offense along with the Sixers and, and, and Celtics. Their front court, I think, is going to give the Knicks fits, and the Cavs were excellent at home during the regular season. Only the Bucks and the Celtics were better in the Eastern Conference at home. I just think they're the better team. Randall, his, his, his injury question mark is a big factor in this because I think that if he were fully healthy— I would have this go in seven, and then it's, you know, anyone's guess who wins. Maybe you favor the Cavs because they have home court. But one of the biggest things to me is not knowing what you're getting from Julius Randle and people acting like that's not a big deal. Like, he can just miss today's game. We heard Wold say he's going to test it out 
see how he feels pregame. He's a warrior. So if if he can go, he's going to play. This was a guy who didn't miss any games until he was forced to because he couldn't walk with that sprained ankle. So I'm not doubting what he can do. I'm not doubting his toughness or like I'm not doubting his, his want to play. I'm just saying that if he's compromised at all, that's advantage to the team that I already think comes in as the better squad. And if he's going to miss game one or be compromised in game one and then, you know, have it be some type of effect where it elongates the rest of the series, I just think that that's going to be something that plays a significant factor. So that's why the Cavs winning in five. I think they're the better team. They've got home court. They've got the best player and four of the six best players. Meanwhile, the Knicks' best player, Julius Randle, is compromised, is an injury question mark. And, look, the, 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 the regular season series to me matters from this standpoint. If it were the Knicks taking three or four from the Bucks or the Celtics, I wouldn't put much stock into that just because those are teams that have either won a championship or been to a championship. So that the the level of experience to me matters more than what the regular season series would suggest. But it's not like this Cavs team, this iteration of the Cavs, have you know a bunch of playoff success. I heard the note that Dan Grasa gave uh, on the morning show. This is their first. This for Cleveland. This is their first playoff appearance without LeBron since what was it ninety eight with Sean Kemp. And Donovan, he's been he's been a menace in the playoffs, but for Garland, his first playoff appearance. You know, Jared Allen made the playoffs with the Nets, but for this collection of, of talent, this group with J.B. Bickerstaff, because of the lack of playoff experience, I think the Knicks winning three or four in the regular season matter. It means they can beat them at home and on the road. But for all the reasons I mentioned, I, I think it favors the Cavs. And I have them winning this series in five games. 800-919-3776. Let's hit to the phone lines to see what you think. What are your predictions? Nick Vance, let's go. I want to hear from you. Let's go to the Bronx. Batting leadoff is Danny. What's up, Danny? Talk to me. What's up, Ty? How you doing? I'm doing well, man. What's up? Uh, I just want to give a shout-out to the company. First, you know I'm a Nets fan. And I know you see the score. We getting washed right now. Mikhail um, Bridges, you know, he's he's playing well, but... Uh, it's 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 a hard watch right now. A very hard watch. It's tough because you come into it and like the like you come into the season thinking you could contend for a championship. You you deal exactly. Durant and Irving, and now it's just like all right, we're building for the future. But then your team plays so well, you you maintain that top six seed. So you're thinking, all right, maybe we make some noise with bridges and three point shooting and defense. And in the first game, yeah, of the first we, game of the playoffs, you're just that, getting smoked. That's what we need. Like we got to shoot a hundred from the from the three point you know three point line to even have a chance. Yeah, it's but it's gonna be tough. If we win one game, I'll be happy. At least we did better than last year. But you know, <laughs> we, we talking Knicks, so I'll give some love. I think they they have a good team this year. I think they're a lot deeper than they usually are. But uh, just curious, do you think if Randall doesn't play up to his his standards, which I think he's a great player. A lot of Knicks fans, they don't have the same love, but I think he's a stud. Do you think that's a built-in excuse already? Or, like, if he doesn't play, like, they'll be like, oh, it's because he wasn't healthy. Well, that's definitely you know going to happen, and I appreciate the call, Dan- Danny. If we clearly see that Randall is compromised to the point where it's affecting his ability to be 
effective on, on both ends. And that's another thing we got to realize. Like these, like the fans who say, well, we don't really need Julius Randle. It's not just about what he gives you offensively. Defensively, he is a, he, he's not a great defensive player, but to com- compare to what you have, an undersized Josh Hart or Obi Toppin who doesn't play any defense, that matters, especially in a playoff series uh, against a really good team rebounding the basketball. All of these things matter. It's not just about his scoring, which is important. We saw this year, he was one of the the, the, the highest scoring players in the league in first quarters. But he, he brings the total package as far as what he can give you, comparatively speaking, defensively and on the boards. So I think that's important. And what's working against him is the bad playoff series he had against the Hawks. So if it's just simply him struggling because he's not built for the moment, Nick fans aren't going to have like a, a tolerance for that, but if you see that this is a guy who could be better, he just doesn't have the lift, doesn't have the explosion, and can't get to his spots. Clearly stymied by the injury, I think that will be an excuse, and maybe it's something that's worth being acknowledged. But it's definitely built into why I'm picking the Cavs to win this series in five games. Eight hundred nine one nine three seven seven six. We'll get to your phone calls. I see them lining up right now. Hit me on Twitter, Ty D Butler, and Instagram as well. We're going until till five thirty. That's right, five thirty. Then we hand the baton to Pat O'Keefe, who will bring you Knicks, Cavs game one pregame. Oh, what a time to be alive! Right here on ninety eight seven ESPN. This. The Ty Butler Show on 98.7 ESPN. That should be a, a fun series. One that I have the, the Cavs running in five games. Harvey, so I'm, I'm, I'm driving to the, to the station, and I found a parking spot, a very expensive parking spot. How do you feel about me parking on the street for three hours? It's going to cost me $15. A little excessive, no? What happened that made you decide to park this long for fifteen bucks? Well, it's meter parking, and for two hours it's ten seventy five. So once I, you know, do the refill for the for the third hour, it's gonna bring me up to fifteen dollars. That feels a little excessive, though. You couldn't do the lots, right? Yeah, could have done the lots, but I I saw that the it was gonna be around the same price anyway. So instead of going around, it's a lot of traffic. The the show is about to get on the air in thirty minutes. So when it gets set up and print some stuff, it just felt like it would be more convenient, easy to just park right on the corner. But fifteen dollars, man! Like, what's go? What's happening in our city? Like, what's going on? Eggs nine dollars. Fill up my car. I got a I got a small car. It costs fifty dollars to fill that tank up. Fifteen dollars to park for three hours on the street. Look, I think ultimately you made the right decision because above all, above everything, you made it on time for the show. But that's important. Yes, but as as my dad says, um, nothing is free, and as I like to say, everything is expensive. I'm a cheap person at heart, so I probably wouldn't pay the fifteen bucks. So what would you have done? Just I, been late to the show? I would have been. I would have parked at the lot. But that's not free. Well, nothing's free. But you said you, you're cheap, so instead of paying $15 to park on the street, you'd have parked on a lot. You'd have paid more to park on a lot. I would have sucked it up. I would have said to myself, look, you got to do this. You have no other choice. And just said, hey, can you do me a favor? I would have said to the guy, hey, just take the wheel, and I got to go make the show. <laughs> you know, so the annoying thing that happened was, I, like, so I'm at the corner of the block, and you know the pedestrian zone is where I start my parallel parking. Someone's crossing the street. And he sees that I'm, I'm trying to get into the parking spot, but he walks behind my car. 
I think at that point I should be allowed to hit him. Why would you walk behind someone's car as they're parking? And even like drew the ire of someone who was standing next to him. Like, I made I made eye contact with someone who was standing next to the guy, and he's like, "Yeah, like what is he doing?" I was in the same thing. I wouldn't hit him. I wouldn't. Um... I should have hit him. I think that would have been like a, a nice little uh, little way to toast to the NBA playoffs. Hit the guy walking behind my car as I'm trying to park. 800-919-3776. Taking your calls on the Knicks and Cavs game one. Game one. I've got a lot of friends who are Knicks fans. And then you check Twitter. You're listening to the station. It's just a different buzz when this team is in the playoffs. I was someone, admittedly, when Kevin Durant was wearing a net uniform, rooting for the Nets just because, you know, it's my favorite player in the league right now. I wanted to see him win. At no point did I ever think that they occupied the same real estate or a, 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 the same portion of real estate as the as the Knicks. Like That was, to me, was just a straw man argument. Oh, I thought the Nets were taking over the town. No one ever said the Nets were going to take over the town. <laughs> no one ever said the Nets were taking over the town, but I just... Wanted to see Durant win. However, you you see the difference in what the city sounds and feels like when it's the Knicks playing big playoff games in the midst of what they hope would be a long playoff run versus the Nets. It's just different. There's so much history here. The fans, I give them this, they're passionate. Sometimes they go a little over the top. Like I saw Stephen A. Smith, God bless him, on NBA Countdown, uh, wondering out loud if the Knicks could beat the Bucks. I mean, chill out, Stephen A. The Knicks ain't beating the Bucks. How about you win a? How about you win a playoff series, which you've only done one time in, in 20 years? Let's start there before we talk about you getting past the Cavs and the Bucks. Let's start with winning one playoff series. But passionate fan base, I give them credit for that. They're loyal to this team, and when. It's my favorite time of the year, the NBA playoffs. It's good to to have that buzz here in New York City. 800-919-3776. We go to St. Pete to talk to my guy who's sporting some some nice kicks today. It, look, it looks like he's wearing the, the Jordan 1s with the Nick colors. What's up, Spike? Big well, game. Thank you for the, today. the yeah, It was one of my boys who sent me that, so I forwarded it on to you. He said he's breaking them out. He says Cavs in five. So that was an hour-and-a-half conversation after we went through that the Cavs have a better starting five. I think it washes off the boards. I think it's about the same statistically. I think uh, the Cavs go to a three-guard offense about 30 minutes a game with Levert. So the shooting's about equal percentage-wise. I think the Cavs' bench is a little... A less important. Uh, is Okoro playing or is he out? Well, we're still waiting to see because he, he had been out since March 26th with that knee soreness. But he's going to yeah. be important. That's that's it. That's another X factor in this series. His his, his perimeter defense because Garland and, and Donovan Mitchell aren't stopping anyone. And when you have Jalen Brunson drop 48 on you, you're, you're going to need some yeah. resistance. So he, he's important. Yeah. Yeah, he may bring Shady Osman. I'm not sure. I think the, the, the series is fairly close with an edge going to the Cavs. Um, I just think that it's going to be, unfortunately, this is not my cup of tea. I, you know, this is my favorite weekend uh, also, uh, or week, uh, next six weeks, whatever it is. I think that the, uh, you know, the outside shooting percentage-wise, the Knicks have a lower percentage, but they take more shots, the pace of play. We know all this stuff. Cleveland plays slow. The Knicks play fast. Uh, uh, look, 
it's the Knicks are going to have to uh, perform a maximum efficacy to, to beat them. I don't believe in the factor, and I've done some research, that the easiest game to steal is game one. It sounds about right, but both teams have been off and uninterested in the last week or 10 days. Uh, you know how I feel about Randall. He got the team there most of the way, but he doesn't have the clutch gene. I don't even like saying that because he's a contributor. But last three minutes, look, time, they're going to swarm all over Jalen Brunson. Because in, to my educated eye, he's the best uh, player in the paint with his footwork. And Cleveland's very weak in the paint, as the Knicks are at stopping uh, points in the paint. Correct. They just are. Correct. So, right. so, so what you have is a shoot-off between, you know, Garland, Levert, and uh, um, what's Mitchell. My Mitchell. And, and, and if you look at the percentages, the same thing holds for uh, Brunson and Hart. He doesn't take a lot. He just takes what they give you and Clinton Grimes. That's going to wash out, too. The killer is Dame, a little Dame Lillard in, in uh, Mitchell. Yeah. He's got some killer. So, so I think the games are close. They, they Forget about 3-1. to one. That's uh, After the Mets in 80, 88 with Hershiser, that means crap. You know, it means nothing. So I'm looking forward to it. I do also want to go out on a limb because I haven't spoken to you in a while. I think Memphis is coming out of the West. Nah. I really do. Listen, I, they have a chance. I, I, I think that because of what happened with John Morant, it, it kind of um, took away from how excellent they were this year. I mean, they're, they're the two seed for a reason. I mean, losing Brandon Clark and Steven Adams, those are significant injuries. But no, last year, no. look, last year if John Morant doesn't get hurt, who knows, maybe they beat the Warriors. Like, that's a team that's that right. still is dangerous. And now, I mean, the same could be said about, you know, Minnesota blowing two 20-point leads in the first round against Memphis. They probably shouldn't have even oh. gotten out of round one. But Memphis does have a high ceiling. I just think the Lakers are, are better because Anthony Davis and LeBron are healthy, and then that's ultimately what's going to tilt the tide in their favor. Yeah, I, I see Bucks and, and uh, Grizzlies or Bucks and, uh, and Golden State. Golden State has a lot of experience. They're not going to panic. They're going to, you know, they turn the ball over a lot, but they get a lot of possessions and they're experienced. I don't think Sacramento's ready because they just don't play defense. They'll make a good showing. This is great. There's huge parity in the West and there's uh, unbalanced parity in the East. And the best teams are in the East. I think it's Milwaukee and Grizzlies. I'll go on the record. Well, there you have it, Spike. Thanks for checking in. I, it's funny the war. You bring up the Warriors that that they kind of slept walk through the regular season and and not. By design, uh, they wanted to play better. They just were not good on defense and couldn't win road games. They've won 18 straight Western Conference playoff series, which is amazing. I haven't lost a series in the West since 2014. Now, factor in, they, they didn't make the playoffs in 2020 and 2021, so that helps them a little bit. But 18 straight playoff series wins in the West. Uh, the Warriors, as much as I want to count them out, Steph Curry quietly puts one of the best you know seasons we've seen so far by a guy at, at his age. Uh, he's the difference maker. He, he's a guy I can't bet against. Age 35, the type of season he put together, hard to bet against those guys. Let's go to Oceanside. We talked to Brian. What's up, Brian? What's up, man? How's it going? Uh, I'm just tired of everyone talking down on Julius Randle. Me too. I think a lot of a lot of superstars in this league with his injury. I don't think Harden's playing with this injury game one. Ben Simmons definitely ain't playing. I'm not comparing them all, but let's give this guy some credit. He he he, he gets all emotional and he gets all fired up because he cares. There's a lot of guys that don't care. Look at Zion. He doesn't care. 
This guy cares about playing. He wants to win. He kind of reminds me of Larry Johnson and, and, and Oakley back in the day with it's the New York attitude. I'm going to come to play, and I want to win. And everyone's saying he doesn't have the clutch gene. He doesn't have that. Let's give him a chance. Exactly. Let's give him a chance tonight. He, he, you know he's hearing all this. Let him prove everything wrong. My last point, RJ, this is your chance, pal. This is your chance to, to, to write, write your new ship. He has a fresh start, and it starts tonight. And listen, I love that phone call. Great one from Oceanside. On Julius Randle, the first year he had with the Knicks was not good. Turnover machine, wanted to run him out of town, rightfully so. Came back and finished seventh in the MVP voting, was an all-star, and was an all-NBA player, got the Knicks to the playoffs. Fans loved him. Things changed once we got to the postseason against the Hawks and they got bounced in five, and he was a turnover machine. Part of it, though, was you look at the roster around him and compare it to what he has now. He didn't have enough around him. I don't think Tibbs did enough uh, adjusting to to what Nate McMillan and and the Hawks were doing defensively when they were guarding him with just a smaller player and pretty much zoning him up and double teaming him every time he came into the paint. Part of it falls on Randall, of course. And then last year, wasn't good. Went at the fans. You're not going to win a war with with any fan base, let alone a Nick fan base. They they were here before you. They're going to be here after you. You're long gone. That's not the battle you want. But I do appreciate he the smoke he wants. It was proving people wrong and proving he was better than what we saw last season. And he came back and did a lot a, a lot right this year. Not everything because I mentioned the run-ins with you know teammates and quickly to blow up. Uh, the technical fouls, particularly that game against the Clippers, was a mess. And, you know, there's a lot about sometimes his body language, his, his, his shot selection late in games that you don't love. I get it. He's flawed, but he's one who should be appreciated. And to your point about, you know, him wanting to play, it, it sucks. But in this day and age where guys are load managing and, and they don't really want to go out there and play and hoop, he he wants it. He he's gonna try his best to go out there and, and perform because this is the biggest game of the season. It's the playoffs, and you have to. So it's just, part of it should be like, why are you giving guys credit for playing in the playoffs? Listen, the, the, in this day and age, I guess it's something you you, you have to do. You, you really have to do. It's amazing. It's amazing. And and, and R.J. Barrett, I knew there was one more thing you said that I wanted to talk about. R.J. Barrett, I mentioned at the top of the show. It's sh- it's show me time for him. This is a guy who was not to be included in, in a trade for Donovan Mitchell, and we see how that's aged. So that was a bad decision. You you compound that bad decision by giving him a four year extension worth over a hundred million dollars. None of that is aging well. But but what could happen is him excelling in this series. The Knicks getting to the next round, beating Donovan Mitchell's Cavs. And Nick's channeling their like inner selective amnesia, forgetting just how disappointing he was this year and saying, you know what? He showed in the biggest moments, in the biggest games, that he could be a pivotal part of something we do special going forward. So we're willing to forgive him. But if that doesn't happen, then we might be looking at the last days of R.J. Barrett in the Nick uniform. This is a, a, a highly pressurized series for him. Let's quickly go to Kings Park to talk to Mike. What's up, Mike? Hey, how you doing? Uh... No, I just keep hearing every time I, I listen to you guys, I hear you guys talk about Donovan Mitchell, like we could have had him so easily. And it's like we had to give up all of our depth plus five first-round picks. All right, him. let me hear about the depth. I mean, 
Quentin Grimes, okay. Emmanuel Quickly, Replaceable. Thomas. Yeah. These are all players that contributed to where we are yes, right Yes, and all of those guys, despite contributing, are replaceable when we talk about acquiring one of the 15 best players yeah, in basketball. How well has that done? I'm sorry to interrupt. How well has that gone for LeBron, though, and like replacing players with vets? That are at the end of their rope on minimum contracts. Like, what do you mean? How, how? What do you mean? How well has that gone for LeBron? You mean LeBron won a championship? But no, no you... I'm saying recently. Like, I mean, he has those years where he wins the championship when they get to the finals. But though, that's what you take. He doesn't. That, but that's the point, Mike. You take that. Like, you 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 acquire the great player. You get the star here, and then you put it on the front office to figure con- out the rest. And it just like it it. it doesn't work that easy. Like it's, it's not like playing two K. It's Inter- not easy, Mike. But it's 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 part of the job. It's it's part of why you, you're employed. It's part of why you are someone recognized as one of the, really as one of the thirty hard. best in the industry at this putting a team together, winning a championship. Not that it's easy, oh, but it's what you're that. paid to do. But but how hard is it to find three and D players, young, that we can that we can put on Tibbs minutes and they can produce. It's tough, Mike, but it's worth it when you are acquiring a guy who could help you in the future win a championship because that's what we're talking about. On putting us over the hill. Like, I think we need a lot more than Donovan Mitchell. Yeah, you do need need more, but, I mean, it's it's not a bad place to start. And, I mean, if he really wanted to be here, I mean, wouldn't he have publicly requested a trade? He was very vague in his trade request. Maybe if he came out with, like, I want to be a New York Knick. Maybe it would have done something. I don't think so, Mike. I, I, I don't think he he made it clear. I mean, everyone was reporting it that he wanted to be a Knick. Uh, was it was, reporting it? But I want to hear from him. But what it, it's, it's, like, that's not going to change the it's not going to change the package that the Knicks and I'm 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 up against the clock. I appreciate you calling, it, Mike. Uh, it's not going to change the package that the that the Knicks put forth. It's not going to change. Uh, what they what they sent out there to, to Danny Ainge in, in, in hopes of getting Mitchell. The, the, the point of the matter is you could have had him, you didn't get him, and it's going to – it's already blown up in your face, but it's going to become a bigger story if he knocks you out of the playoffs, which is why I am totally on board with the idea that it would be a very disappointing end to the season if you lose this series against the Cavs. Very disappointing. 800-919-3776. Back with your phone calls uh, in a moment. We're going until 530, leading you into game one of the Knicks and the Cavs. Playoffs. NBA playoffs are here. What an exciting time it is. Right here on 9870 ESPN.